And we have. Sister Lita and I both faced losing a spouse and having that appointment with death that we did not expect or like. Amen. The comfort, the best comfort that I've had, words cannot comfort, at least adequately. But the best comfort I've had is to know that they're up there with a brand new body the moment they left here. Amen. And uh, I believe that with all of my heart. And so we're going to go there someday. But in the meantime, we are here. There's millions of people waiting, waiting on us to be whatever we're supposed to be to reach the world. Amen. Amen. So thank you for being in church today. Need to move into the Word of God. Numbers chapter 13, verse 25 to 32. We could put that on the screen. And then Isaiah chapter 6, familiar chapter. And we're going to start with verse number 23. Numbers 13, sorry. <laughs> I heard about this yesterday. They said that um, when you call for a scripture, they put up something else and see what you're going to do. <clears throat> so I guess uh, I get to experience it firsthand. Brother Parkey, you... Your spirit has permeated the atmosphere here. Hallelujah. All right, verse 23. <laughs> let's read it over here. I can see better. Verse 20, let's go to verse 25. That wasn't their fault. <clears throat> and they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. Verse 26, it's right after 25. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel under the wilderness of Param and Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto number, unto, unto <laughs> the whole congregation. Amen. <clears throat> and verse 27. And they told him and said, We came into the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit thereof. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities be walled and very great. And I will bless the Lord at all times. <laughs> and very great, and moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwelled in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea. And, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. We just read that. Verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 32. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up 
against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil. Everybody say evil. An evil report of the land which they had searched under the children of Israel. Amen. All right. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 1. An evil report. My subject today is whose report will you believe? Amen. Whose report will you believe? Amen. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 1. Amen. We could almost quote this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above it stood seraphims, each one having six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with holy smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips. Thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Also I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. Amen. Everybody say, From woe is me to here am I. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for every heart and life that's here. Let this have eternal value to all of us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody said amen. All right. God bless you. You may be seated. What you believe is everything. What you believe is everything. It controls your actions. You are going to live a life based on what you believe. And it controls all of the things that are factors in your life. It, it, it controls your identity. Your identity is what you think of yourself. It's everything. The, the scheme that Satan has is that we would believe a lie and that we would not know the truth. The Bible said you shall know the truth and it's going to set you free. And so what you believe about yourself and about God is important. We cannot afford to believe an evil report. What we believe in life has many factors, and I'll just name a couple, but one is our parents. If you're a parent here today, you need to hear the word of the Lord because you have the power of your tongue in the lives of people in formative years that will spend the rest of their life either blessed or cursed by what you say. As a young pastor years ago, I went into the office with a, a, a woman and her son who was 12. And her first words were shocking to me. I could, I could hardly stop her in time, and it probably wasn't in time. But her first words were, I hate him. I wish he was never born. He's been nothing but trouble his whole life. And I said, hold it right there. I dismissed him. 
and tried to correct her about her words. And, of course, she wouldn't hear it. I was probably too young for her. But uh, your words affect. I grew up in a home where my mom told me nonstop from the day that I could remember that God's hand was in my life and that everything was going to be okay. That no matter what happened, he was going to see me through. And I believed it. I really didn't know as a human being. I didn't know and understand there was a lot of questions. My mom went on in life to become a teacher and actually become the principal of Calvary Christian School in Indianapolis. And when she went to college, this is back in 1964, the teachers said, now that you're here, we want you to forget everything your parents have told you. That's the kind of world we lived in back then. You can imagine what it's like now. Another factor of your identity and what you feel about yourself is your own feelings. We have to resist going by feelings. We go by faith in God, not our feelings. We don't always feel like getting up for church. We don't always feel like praising God. We don't always feel based on circumstances, but circumstances can't determine our destiny. Amen. We're not serving God for good times. God's power is joy, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. And then there's pastors. The Bible says, how then shall they call on him whom they have not heard or not believed? And how shall they believe in him who have they, they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Preaching is the most important voice that you're going to hear in the world. There's all kinds of other voices, but the preaching of the word of God, it's not so much important as long as we know who we put in this pulpit. But when you, when you hear the word of God, the, the saints of God are kind of like driving a, well, I used to say a Ferrari or a, a, a Lamborghini, but now I'm going to say a Tesla. It's kind of like driving a Tesla, you know. You turn the wheel, it turns. It does whatever. That's how the people in our churches are. They're not sitting there as critics. They're not sitting there trying to second guess. They are just whatever the preacher says. If he says, let's praise God, they do. Amen. These are godly, sincere, Holy Ghost filled, living for God 24-7, 365. When we have church, it's not just a show up here, but it's a combination of everybody in the house worshiping and touching God. That's the difference in church and the concert. Amen. I'm glad to know that our churches have church. We need to have Holy Ghost filled church. The voice of the preacher, they asked for a sign. They said, could you give us a sign? And Jesus gave the answer. There is no sign except for the preaching of the word of God. So I love preaching. A couple of times throughout the years, we tried to get by without having preaching. We had singing, we had other things, and we didn't have preaching. And we had an uprising. People said, we, we need preaching. We need preaching. It's got to be preaching. Thank God for preaching. We are preaching the word of God. God's word is forever settled. It's about our one true almighty living God. When we speak and he speaks, he speaks creatively. So if he says you're well, then you might as well just throw away your medicine because he is a healer. Be careful, though, if he didn't say it. We got to go by what he says. It's a dangerous thing to speak for God. But when God says something, you can count on it. 
It is forever settled. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God is going to stand forever. Satan didn't tempt Adam and Eve to kill or to lie or to hate. He tempted them to second guess God. God, surely you will not die. He's hiding something from you. He knows that if you find out this, then he became, he became an angel of light. But in Matthew 6, it talks about this evil light. If, you're, if your eye is single, then it's full of light. But if your eye is evil, then what darkness that light is. It refers to the light that the devil comes and brings. He's supposedly enlightening you, but that's no place to get your news. I don't want to hear what the devil has to say. So he, he got them to question, got them to question. Some things we, we know for sure in life, but the devil comes along and poses a question. Number one, do not even talk to him. Do not even listen to the devil. Now this is what I feel. The devil is not God. The devil is not omnipresent. The devil does not operate in your mind unless you're possessed. So this business of the devil sitting on your shoulder is just as, just as colloquial as a, a red suit for the devil with a pitchfork and a, a forked tail. Really, the devil doesn't have that power. He'll take the credit if you want to give it to him, but his inroads are out there that we're going to talk about right now. You have to be careful whose report you're going to believe. I want to believe the report of the Lord. But the devil is a liar, and he is not omnipresent, so he cannot speak in your life. He will try in any way, in any inroad that he can get. And so it's our message today to be careful whose report you believe. You have eyes, you have ears, you have emotions, you have abilities to open or close. And so I'm close to what the devil has to say. I don't want to get my news from the devil. He is evil. He has an evil report. And so, I don't need anybody reading my palm. Even at Knott's Berry Farm, they have a lady behind the door or whoever it is, and you're supposed to put your hand in there, and they're going to tell you stuff. And I've been with people over the years, and they say, let's see what they say. I don't want nothing to do with it. I'm not even going there, period. Driving down the street, you'll see somebody... Uh, somebody's little office somewhere in their house and they're a soothsayer, they have a crystal ball or whatever. It's kind of a joke to us, but to the world, it's real. They're looking for direction. They're looking for somebody to give them a, a hope or a future. And, and that's the devil. I don't want to hear the news from that. I want to hear the news from the preaching of the Word of God that is anointed by the Holy Ghost. I don't want to hear my news from professors that are out there operating the kingdom of the devil. Because when Adam and Eve fell, he became the God of this world. And he also is in charge of the governments of this world. So we can't put our trust in the government. Our hope is not in America. Thank God for America. God has blessed it. But our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in the church. We're going to leave here someday. But we're leaving with the spoils, and the spoils are not going to be uh, temporal, but they're going to be souls that the devil thinks he has control of. <clears throat> Half of my mind 
in my, the back of my mind, I'm thinking of these political people, particularly that are evil, and I'm thinking, man, they need to be taken out somewhere. I mean, they need to, I can't tell you what all I'm thinking needs to happen. But then I'm thinking, you know, the apostle Paul, whose name was Saul of Tarsus, God turned him around. So who knows what, I hate to call names, I better not. But who knows what they might end up being if God could get a hold of them. <clears throat> Somebody said when, <clears throat> the worst of, when God gets a hold of the worst of us, he can make them the best of us. It just God getting a hold of us. We need that. But they're telling you today on the news. I mean, you know, I grew up without a television in our house. My parents didn't have one. And uh, so we didn't watch any of that. But back in the day, you know, people felt it was okay. Well, we're just watching the news. Well, I'm warning you against the news today. I'm telling you just watching the news is listening to the world's evil report. You can't afford to get your news from the world. It's going to be twisted for sure. The devil is a liar. He's in charge of the kingdoms. So you got to watch out. They are calling good evil and evil good. I have a clip that I played at home. It's, it's not here today, but it's about the abortion rights. And they're in their rally and they're threatening the Supreme Court. And they're talking about you better not do this evil thing. And I'm thinking you have no clue what's evil. You're calling evil good and good evil. The devil has convinced people that they have. I have one here, but thank you very much. The devil has convinced people that they have rights that are against God's morality. And so they are promoting the right to take lives. I, I kind of think that God is insulted when we're in America and around the world trying to save the lives against COVID. Because I believe that God <clears throat> must have called Ron Abbott home. And uh, whatever the tool that he used was, belongs to God. But the world is trying their best to save lives supposedly. On the other hand, in America alone, 1,500 to 2,500 babies a day are being destroyed in the safest place they could ever be, and that's inside their mother. It's a mockery to God for people to be asking God to save lives and to rebuke this pandemic when they are destroying lives like that. The Bible talks about that. In Proverbs 6, it says, These six things, yea, seven, are an abomination unto God. He hates a proud look. He hates a lying tongue. And he hates hands that shed innocent blood. That's the best application of that scripture that I could think of. People are destroying babies every day. We look back at Hitler and are appalled at what he did. But it's worse in our day. God, forgive us. Somehow have mercy. The Lord's going to take this church out of here. And people who are going to be lost forever are not going to be lost being a friend of God. They're not going to be lost being neutral or something just lukewarm. I'm telling you, they are so evil. This is an untoward generation. A wicked, adulterous generation. And people are going to deserve to be lost forever. Because of their wickedness, they have turned the whole thing upside down. They're calling good evil and evil good. They're redefining. I told the church this last 
Father's Day, we better celebrate Father's Day because it might be the last time you get to celebrate Father's Day in America because they're redefining. They don't want to talk about fathers anymore and mothers anymore because that talks about family. And family is sacred. Family is godly. Family is God's plan. So they want to do away. They want to redefine genders. They want to redefine. I mean, you know the story. It's out there everywhere. This world has lost their mind. And so the devil's wanting you to second-guess God. They're trying to make all of this look normal. I heard a story about a couple that had been married 25 years, and they had such a harmonious marriage that people admired it. One guy was talking to his friend that's supposedly a true story, and he said, I bet you I could break them up. And so they had a bet. And so they went, <clears throat> the guy went to the, to the husband and he said, you know, your wife looking at you kind of funny these days. I'm not sure what she's got in her mind. Then he went to the, to the or he, looked, he said that to the husband. And then he went to the wife and he said, you know, your husband's got that mole on his neck and, and, and it looks like cancer. And so, you know, someday, you know, he doesn't want to go to the doctor and he doesn't want to get checked out. But someday, maybe when you fed him and he's laid back in his easy chair, you could just slip up there and clip it off and, uh, and it would be over with. And so she's looking at him and trying to worry about his health. And he's looking at her. So he goes and plants in the mind of the guy, you know, your wife, your, your wife has got a funny look at you. You, you probably ought to be careful because, you know, she's, <clears throat> she's liable to just try to knock you out. And had both of them thinking with the news that they had received, the very opposite. The devil's a liar. He told Adam and Eve, surely not. Surely God's got something he's hiding. When it is exactly the opposite. Nobody loves you any more than God. Nobody would pay any more than, <coughs> for you than God. God, give the Lord a hand. God is the ultimate of love. And yet the devil is a liar and deceiving. You can't afford to get your news from the devil. The world is his kingdom, and so he is going to do his best to influence people. The only tool he has is deception. He cannot touch you. He cannot come after you, especially children of God with the name of Jesus Christ. He cannot do that. And God has built your faith all your life so that you could have faith in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't normally tell this story, but I will tell it here. I've only told it one other time. It's a scary story. When I told it as a young person, people, young people were, were traumatized by it. But when I was five years old, I was in my room. My parents are in the other room, and, and something got me by the neck. It was invisible, and, uh, <clears throat> and so I was scared to death. My first thought was to run to my mom and dad. And so as I jumped out of my bed and ran, I just ended up crashing onto the floor. I remember looking up the hall light and I was trying to call mom. I was trying to call dad. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me, call on the name of Jesus. And so I said, Jesus, as soon as I said, Jesus, that thing was gone. Now, I know it's hard to believe, but this is my own personal experience. And I realized right then, there's power in the name of Jesus. I have it wherever I go. I don't have to have my mom and my dad. <clears throat> I don't have to have my pastor. <clears throat> I can lay hands on the sick. I can have faith. I can be in the middle of an accident and call on Jesus. God will answer my prayer. 
That name is given to you. You are the people of the name. Thank God for that name. Our greatest challenge is to convince people to give up their past identity in favor of God's new identity. God's got an identity for you. All of us are human. I've been raised in the church. I'm definitely not sinless, but I've been raised in the church, so I haven't really been out in the world. But when something goes wrong, one of the first questions in my mind is, what did I do? How did I deserve this? Well, I must have done something wrong. That's just human nature. But God wants to give you a new identity. If you have the scriptures in your mind, when something happens, the first thing you say is, all things work together for the good. Whatever happening, God's got a plan. If the devil's in it, the Lord's going to take what he meant for evil and turn it to good. But our trust is in God. Amen. The world, the world really is scared to death. They really are afraid. This business of striking fear and drumming it and, <clears throat> and promoting it everywhere is real to them. Let me just give you a quick rundown of the world. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that's in the world is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. <clears throat> and they're all going to pass away. But he that doeth the will of the Father is going to endure forever. Thank God for the church. But the world is going to pass away. And this is what the world has. The world has history. And that's their identity. Their identity is their past. They had Cain, who was the first murderer. They had Nimrod, who was the first, the first tree hugger. They had Noah's day. They had Sodom and they have Babylon, the Medes and the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, the Western world and generation of our, our day is untoward and adulterous and ungodly. That's what they have. Their thinking is a failure thinking, but they are scared to death of what they've got. And so they've come up with global warming. Global warming is the engine that drives all of their power. And so because the world is threatened and because we don't know what's going to happen and because we have to have everybody obeying because of fear, global warming becomes their engine. It makes them money. It gives them position and power. And, and, and it's just literally a strike of fear all over the world. It's not just America. It's all over the world. People are worried to death that we're going to ruin this world. Right now they're saying the president's going to ruin the world. <clears throat> and here we are as a church, and we're not afraid. We're not sitting here worried because our trust is in the good report. We're not believing an evil report. We're not listening to the world and all of their fears. We sort of mock them. We sort of laugh them. We're kind of like the prophet up on the mountain when they're trying to get their God to answer. Global warming is not the issue. There's going to be global warming, all right. We know all about that. We know when that's going to happen. We're not going to be here when that happens. The Bible said that earth is going to melt with fervent heat. It's going to reel and rock. It's going to be gone. But we're not worried. We're not sitting here in fear. Our trust is in Jesus. We're just as happy as we can be. No matter what happens, we are going to make it. And so global warming is, is their big engine that operates everything. Our destiny determines our identity. And God wants you to see yourself. Think about this now. 
God wants you to see yourself as he sees you. God sees you for who you're going to be, not who you used to be. So many times in our carnal nature, we get back to our humanity and we have that identity. And it's shame. <clears throat> and it it's, causes people to go on drugs. It causes people to search and seek after other answers and other things that will appease their feelings and their conscience. But the Lord wants you to, wants you to look at yourself like he does. He sees you who you're going to be, not who you used to be. So whatever you used to be, Paul said, you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified. You are not what you used to be. You are a new creature in Jesus Christ. You have been given a new assignment. The devil used to be the best angel bringing praise unto God. And angels followed him because he did such an awesome job. But when he, when he got off the job, he turned AWOL. It didn't take God one second to knock him out. And now we have been assigned that job. We are not here today, as, at least at this point. And if God called us to be martyrs, we'd be glad to do it. It's actually a shortcut. you got to live for God. You're going to serve God tomorrow. Whatever life brings you, you're going to face it. But by the grace of God, we're not afraid of that. Because we are the children of God. We are called to glorify God. We are called to praise God. We are called to show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. That's our assignment. I thank God. I thank God that we don't have to have incense here today to offset all of the slaughtering of animals in the house of God. But God put away all of that. He became the supreme sacrifice. We come into a place that smells good, feels good, looks good. It's comfortable to be. And our one agenda is to praise God. Our one agenda is to rejoice in the good report. Whose report are we going to believe? I want to believe the Lord's report. God said, I'm good. God said, I was worth saving. God said, he gave his life for me. God said, I'm going to make it. The devil is a liar. When the Israelites came out of bondage, the scripture says they they thought themselves dreaming. They couldn't hardly believe it. That's kind of the way some of us are sitting here. We think, man, it's amazing. People used to be on drugs. They used to live in immorality. They used to, used to do all kinds of ungodly things. And now they're sitting in church called a saint. I mean, what a transformation. Only God could do that. But I'm dealing with your mind today. I don't want to ever let you buy the evil report of the world and the devil. Because what you believe is going to change who you are. And if you're sitting in church, but you're thinking of the old thoughts and listening to the report of the world, pretty soon you're not going to be a saint of God. Pretty soon the devil's going to cheat you. He's a liar. Do not even listen to the devil's report. It's all going to be twisted. When, When God works, what he does is give you a new identity. He took Jacob, who was a supplanter and a liar, changed his name to Israel. And we even say Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But Israel was the name of the nation. Jacob was transformed. He is not known as a supplanter and liar today. We just use that to help you understand that you could come from that and end up being a saint of God. When God 
touched, I mean, you go through the Bible, the apostles, the, the, the saints of God, people you know. We have people in our church, if you knew their history, you wouldn't even want to be sitting by them. We have people that have done terrible things, but by the grace of God, by the grace of God, their life has been changed. God has given them an, a new identity. Some people who couldn't say two words without cussing don't have a cuss word come out of their mouth. You think only God could do that. They couldn't help but say a word that was foul or evil or ungodly. But now God's given them a new identity, a new feeling. God, help us to believe the good report. I reject the evil report of the world. So I don't want to hear their news. I don't want to hear what they have to say. I want to believe the report of the Lord. Let's stand right now. So Isaiah is in a, an amazing place in the presence of God, in the courts of God with angels and holiness all around. And his first feeling is what we feel as humans. Woe is me. Woe is me. And in just a few short verses, the transformation takes place. Here am I. All of a sudden, he's, he's okay with it. All of a sudden, he's ready to step up to the challenge. That's what we're asking here today. I, re, I reject the evil report. I take on the identity that God has given me. Who knows what God wants to do in your life, but you have a world of people that are waiting for you to pick up the identity that God has given. As we come down, if you want to stay six feet apart, Put on your mask or whatever you got to do. Don't be uncomfortable. But let's accept what God has to give us. Let's take it on. Let's take it on. Let's buy into it. Let's believe it. Whatever you believe, that's what you're going to be. Whatever you believe, that's what it's going to be like. I believe God's going to save me. I believe that I'm willing to cooperate with God. I want to cooperate with God. You can't be lost unless you reject God. But if you're willing to cooperate with God, you're willing to let God, He's going to give you an identity, not for your arrogance or your pride or your ego, but for His glory. For His glory. Whose report will you believe? I believe the report of the Lord. Right now, right now, I believe the impossible. I receive my miracle. I cling to my healing. Right now, right now, I believe the impossible. I receive a miracle, I cling to my healing right now, right now. There's nothing you can't do, there's no one you can't save, no trials too big for you, so touch me now, 
touch me now there's nothing you can do there's no one you can't save no trials too big for you so touch me now touch me now come on lift up your voice impossible God speak to me here I am God here's my hands here's my feet here's my lips God I give them to you I want to be led by the spirit led by you God hallelujah birth it inside our spirits infuse it into our veins God Oh, I believe the impossible. We need you, God. I receive my miracle. We depend on you, God. I cling we trust to my in you, healing. God. Right Hallelujah. We will not walk in fear, but we'll walk in faith. We're a people of faith. Our faith is in you. Our trust is in you. We depend on you. Come on, lift your voice right now. Oh, I stand on your word, God. I stand on your promises, God. Hallelujah. There's power in the name. There's power in the name. Hallelujah. With men it's impossible, but not with you, God. All things are possible to thee. Hallelujah. I receive my miracle. I cling to my for the power of the Holy Ghost in this house. Yes. I love you, God. I love you, God. There's no one I you can save. I come against anxiety. I come against stress so and discouragement. Now. I pray, touch God, for a new, now. fresh infusion of faith. Do. Dependence There's on you. No hope in you, God. We don't save. hope in this world, but no God, we hope in you. you. Hallelujah. Don't touch me now. Hallelujah. Touch me now. I believe the impossible. I receive my miracle. I cling to my healing right now. Right now. Praise God. I believe the impossible. I bless your name, Jesus. I receive my miracle. Bless your name, God. I stand on your word. I stand on your promises. For every word of God is yea and amen. Not trust in you, God. I trust in your word. I trust in your touch. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name, in the name, in the name. Hallelujah. 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 One more time without any music. Could we just lift up our voice to Him? Could we raise our voice to heaven? 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's something powerful when you begin to connect with heaven and you begin to be led by the Spirit, not by the flesh, not by what you can see with your eyes. For the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So when we activate flesh and we walk by flesh and we walk by sight, we are not pleasing Him. We've got to activate faith. For faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And when I hear all this fake news, I want to pick up the good news. I want to pick up the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection because there's power in His Word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. You pick up God, and then you're walking by the Spirit. And in this hour and in this day, we need to be men and women of faith that are led by the Spirit. Because if we're led by the Spirit, there's nothing that can stop us. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, God, for your promises. I'm praying a mighty, mighty anointing and a favor and a blessing upon your children. I'm praying, God, that you'd begin to raise them up. I'm praying, God, that you'd give them dreams, you'd give them visions. I'm praying, God, they'd begin to operate and they'd begin to walk in the supernatural and you begin to show them things in heaven because God I know we just have a, a space of time before you come back but I pray a covering upon everybody by the power and the authority to the name of Jesus we give you praise today cup your hands under the Lord thank you brother Coopley timely word of God amen timely word of God Amen. God bless every one of you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. We're glad that Will's in the house of the Lord today. Amen. God bless you at Abundant Life Center. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.